Hi, welcome to another episode of Django Chats, podcast on the Django web framework. I'm Carlton Gibson, joined as ever by Will Vincent. Hello, Will. Hi, Carlton. Hello, Will. And today with us, we've got with us John Gould from Foxy Talent and Django Social. Hello, John. Yeah, hi, hi chaps. No, nice to uh, get on and, and chat with you. No, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. You really, um, so would, what do you want? Oh, we should... We should let people know who you are because I'm excited to have you on and chat about the various topics, but pe- people might not know you too. For people in the audience, who, how would you introduce yourself? Who are you? Um, so uh, I am a career recruiter, um, worked in tech recruitment for nearly 15 years and for 14 and six months of that within the Django and Python uh community world um with mostly within the uk um up until um probably the last 18 months has been very it was always very much uk focused um not sort of your typical recruiter i've always tried to buck the trend in that sense but i have been very sort of influenced and led by the various community involvements um and i suppose over the last 12 of those 14 years heavily involved in like london's community the django community with through various um guises which we'll probably i know we'll, we'll try and cover off um and not, uh, no it's not last year anymore the year before last um i took the plunge and set up my own business which is foxley talent um with the the mission the goal to be the go-to recruiter for the python and, and django community globally um you and with just taking a very community first approach to everything if it's the right thing to do we'll do it um very you know, so very different okay that's good that's, that's good high level i'm gonna go straight in there so you're recruiter right django how do you focus what what's led you to focus on django i mean it seems like quite a clever thing looking at what you've been doing the last year or so and yeah, it's like niche down get get a name in a particular area that sounds like a, a great idea but in my experience of recruiters which is quite long they're they're, yeah. they're they're not usually very good at matching a particular skill set to a job it's like very much fire off random emails and see what sticks yeah i think for for the major not for the majority but i think it's very easy to say that you're a specialist um and it's probably what a customer a, a, a company or a, a job seeker probably wants to hear is oh i specialize in this and then they'll probably present one job to you. And if you don't fit it, you'll never hear from them again. Um, yeah. Or six years later, are you still interested yeah, in entry-level yeah, jobs you don't in have Java? To work with this no. anymore. And, <laughs> yeah. The, and then from the client perspective, it is, it's matching that, um, understanding the job spec as a, as a non-technical um, person, but understanding where it is, what somebody's after, the, the key points about the personality it's going to fit, the experience they're looking for, but knowing that all, because all we do is talk to Python and Django people, everybody's pretty much going to be close enough to the, um, the the spec that we can come off a call and know three or four people who will fit it if they're available or interested um, and then do the other work behind the scenes. Um, I, I initially, I started my career in 2008 um, as a contract recruiter for software engineers within the south of the UK. And that was my remit. Um, trying to, I think, uh, sourced .NET developers, 
C++ engineers, Java developers, um, a bit of, any, yeah, at that point, anything or anything that was software sort of fell to me. And it was just purely by chance in 2008, I think I was trying to, I was working with a .NET developer in East Anglia, sent them to a their profile, um, agreed to send it to a couple of places that I knew in the city of Norwich, Norwich Union being one of them, who were, uh, at, at that point, unknown to me, were a big Django user. Um, and they turned around and said, look, we don't really need any .NET developers, but if you know a Django developer or two, we'd take them on for, we've got projects all of next year. So it just sort of, it happened. I didn't know what they were talking about. I held my hands up and was like, I, I'm happy to take a brief on what you're looking for. I've never heard of this before, but I can definitely find you somebody if you trust me and give me the opportunity to do it. Um, found the two, two contractors to, who started like the following week. Um, they then we met they needed a couple more then they needed three or four more and bef before i knew it i was scouring the whole of the uk for anybody who worked with django and this is 2008 so yeah, it's, it's quite early days old, just nobody was really recycling on job boards in terms of like it might they might be in their first job using django so they're not then looking for work because they're happy because they found somewhere that commercially uses django so there's nobody who's using the job boards. LinkedIn wasn't really a thing. Twitter was somewhere that I suppose I, I'd started following because I'd you know, follow the football club I support. And then I thought, well, actually, I wonder if any developers are here. Um, sort of found the Django community there. And then through that, I found, I think it was the, the London Python Dojo was happening. And I just felt, if I can go go along there, I might get to meet some of these people in person or at least some of the people that I'm talking to and just learn a bit more. There was another meetup run by a chap in London, which was less technical, more social, which was called the, um, the piss up P Y S S U P. And it was just meet in the pub and have some beers and talk Python and Django. So, so I was like, Oh, do you mind if I come along? And it's you know, the, the chap who ran it was very accommodating. It's like, yeah, look, come along. You know, it's it's not really a recruiting event. I'm not uh, just sort of said I'm not really there to recruit. I just want to chat Get and to find out a bit here. more about why people work with this tech. And the whole, that was sort of the point where I found that I really resonated with what a whole open source movement is about. And every developer I was speaking to their first question wasn't what's the day rate or what's the money like it was tell me about the project is it interesting what tools are they using why and it was like this is where I want to be um and yeah just over time um sort of became more and more embedded attended different meetups um and yeah yeah go on. I was just Gonna say, like, I've met plenty of companies at, at Django events, yeah. like that that are saying we're there, we're, we're there, we're hiring, we sponsor the thing. But you're literally the only recruiter yeah. I've ever met at a Django event. Is this like a sort of secret knowledge that you've hit on that to turn up to community events, be involved in the community? You, 
it's not it's not the secret code it's not you, <laughs> I, over time you do i do see there's other recruiters come to the events but they come once and they go there right, with yeah, a, exactly they'll go with a very blinkered mindset of i need to go to this event to find a, a job seeker for this job that i've got that i'm struggling with because it's the first python job we've had or so they'll go They'll probably have got sign off from their manager to expense the, the some beers in the pub afterwards or something like that, and we'll be there shaking hands with everybody in the room, introducing themselves, asking where people work, whether they're looking for a job, and if they're not, they move on and just sort of work the room and then leave before the talks um, or halfway through the talks, and it, it's and then they'll never come back because they didn't hit, they didn't find anybody. Um, Whereas, I suppose it's for me. It's just I actually I enjoyed going there. I met people regularly, so the same people were always usually the same people, at least the same core of people. You have the same follow-up conversations. You chat and like. Example I was at the London meetup in November, maybe. Was it November? Yeah, it was in November, and Tom Christie was there, which who I hadn't seen in person for like three years, and immediately. He's like, oh, John, congrats on you, you know, setting up your business. I've been following what you're doing. We we sort of exchange. It, it's just that it's more over the time. It's developed into more friendships and you know, recruiter, contractor, recruiter, candidate sort of relationships. And just one more before you butt in, because I know you're. I can see you um, teasing <laughs> a bit there, Will. But just one more. So, because I always find that if you um, are just part of a community. You might have a, a product or a, a thing to sell or, a, you know, whatever your job is. but And people know what that is, yeah. but that comes up in its natural time. And then Absolutely. you can just get on and have a conversation, you know, be part of the community. It's conversation first, get to know people. And it's all, it's almost like I, almost, I used, used to go in with a, um, a bit of a mindset of don't say what you do until someone asks. Because nobody, if if you go in, oh, hi, I'm John, I'm a recruiter, I recruit Python, Django engineers, are you looking for a job? Yeah, well, that is a bit scary when you phrase it like that. Yeah, we, I still get it. Uh, at times we've got, oh my God, oh, you're a recruiter. No, I'm, I'm not looking. I'm sorry, I'm, I wasn't going to ask. Whoa, um, easy. <laughs> I mean, I just assume if somebody's outgoing at a meetup, they are a recruiter. Like that was my experience in San Francisco way back is like, you know, yeah. people who are friendly and outgoing every single time recruiter, which is fine, but it was like... Um, just yeah, I I prefer someone just to say it right instead of three minutes in. I mean, because I never felt that yeah. way. I think, but if you do, I guess it's easier just to lead with who you are. Yeah, and I, I suppose it's it's easier now because I've been there for so long and people know know me and actually people will introduce me to each other. Other, it it's more again. It's like I'm a, I I feel accepted as part of the community as opposed to just an outsider turning up and getting involved. Um, I think it's funny you said one of my long-standing jokes every time I hosted a meetup um, where we had speakers and talks and a a, a sponsored venue was every person who spoke would normally say and this is me where this is where I work and we're hiring and at the end of it would always be me going look I'm the recruiter here hosting the event and I'm the only one who's not going to pitch anyone for a job tonight Um, was always the standard stock joke and it probably wasn't very funny after a while but I'd, I'd stick with it it was part of the <laughs> I think that's the rules yeah <laughs> if I can butt in I'm curious if you 
like what is the normal trajectory of of recruiting if you could get kind of give that overview because my my naive sense is that it's something there's a lot of younger people who are you know throwing stuff on the wall and then a handful of more senior people like why aren't more people doing what you're doing like does is it it does it winnow out or is that an inaccurate it, description yeah i suppose that the, i think i think my traje- trajectory was probably um i i understood what i was doing i i i joined i moved into recruitment when i was about 26 so i wasn't the young i wasn't a fresh young grad um i had responsibilities and i had um like a reason personally to to be successful that um my partner at the time when i joined i started in recruitment in the beginning of february 2008 my partner became pregnant in may 2008 and my son was born on the 5th of january 2009 so i immediately having just left the job i needed to get my earnings back on track um and so i dedicated every sort of spare hour in that nine month 10 month period to really understanding what i was doing and um getting to working out what was work what worked for me and that's where the the django world suited as well um it just it just clicked um so the usual trajectory is somebody joins with no recruitment experience they're day one you're given a a database of old people call them see where see if anyone's available for work or interested and if they are here's some jobs that they might like very throw stuff at a wall see if it sticks um and but you can you can progress through your career if you if you have targets and go from being a trainee to uh, uh having more responsibility with client side and you know more autonomy being a senior recruiter then a maybe a team leader um then managing a team which is the journey i went on i um when i was employed for the same company for 10 12 years my trajectory was very sort of traditional in that i grew a team my desk became busier i found somebody else to do the i was working python django they had somebody doing front end then php then some user experience and design all that accompanied it really but always under the guise of this is your your remit where you can build um and over time that um yeah it was, it was growing a team and i got further and further away from the hands-on involvement with people and the community and it was p- part of the trigger when i left was that i really wanted to get back into um the part of the job i really enjoyed which was the community side um so you can go on that trajectory and people leave because it is hard work um maybe they aren't naturally good at working with people like ironically like mentoring people or they're not very you know they've hit the the, the achievement they've they've re- received some accolades in their company and then they go off to go and either set up on their own or do this and then it's too difficult and it doesn't yeah careers can peter out um because it's there's not much in terms of like a barrier to entry um anybody with any background can do recruitment but to do well you have to be a bit more invested i think but how do you get the so the other bit of the business i'm i've never sort of said well we've got you peek under the hood sort of thing it's like because you're a market maker essentially you're matching jobs to candidates so how do you get the relationships with the companies that must be quite a a difficult thing too no 
I mean, because it's massively competitive. It it is. And I think, again, where I've done it for so long, a lot of the people that I work with, I've known, I might have worked with people as a contractor in the past and now they're a technical director in their, their startup or in their business or so they sort of, the way that I do it isn't necessarily print off. This is the how to, um, and I much prefer that. I don't want to be sending out, you know, blacked out CVs and all the key information redacted and phone calls and all, all of the noise that I'm sure happens still. I would much rather people go, John, I, I, somebody I know knows you. They like you. Can you help us? Um, yeah, that but that is brilliant. I've got one more question that's come up. What is it about not telling the the salary range? Like, why is it that they, on an advert? Like a group, yeah, yeah. So, or in a direct admit, and you say, well, you know, they say, well, well you, we've seen your thing on GitHub. We basically did a search, and you came up, and we're sending the same form email to everybody. Blah blah. blah. We got this role. You might be interested. You say, okay, well, what sort of range is it? And they're like, oh, we can't tell you. You know, come on, give me a clue. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's I try. I you, you've obviously got a range from the client because that's what they can pay. I think there's some people would do it because maybe if they told you the salary and it's fifteen grand under what your your current basic is, you won't then have the rest of the conversation, and they may not be able to send you somewhere else or establish like exactly where it is. Um, where it needs to be, if especially if they're only working one job because they're not really a specialist, they've got they want to speak to you. They want to find out whether you'd maybe take a pay cut because it's an interesting thing. But to put that on an email or a message might be there. But no, it's, there's there's only so many t- much time in the day. This is the salary. This is what they're paying. Like, do you want the job or not? Um, yeah. Is it of interest? Yeah. Yeah. Is it of interest? It's you. you yeah. It's. I think I think it's it really helps because otherwise and yeah you know, or on the other side you might be lower and then maybe they can save the clients some money on salaries or something but it's it just it never feels right just be open yeah I mean it, it's it's deeply frustrating I think um, but anyway go on well I think I would guess Carlton that and this is a question for you John you know being a market maker a lot of times I think employees and companies don't really know what they want. And I've seen, like we linked to, you have some lightning talks about the why. I guess what, I'm often of the opinion that it's easier to understand what someone actually wants, even if they themselves don't see it. I'm curious if there's certain patterns, if someone, you know, especially a developer comes to you and says, this is what I think I want. And you're like, no, it sounds like you really want this over here. I'd imagine you like, right? Like, oh, I want to be at a small company, but I'm at a big company or vice versa. Are there some patterns that you see just with all your um, experience? Yeah, we're definitely right now, probably eight or nine out of 10 people that we speak to want to work in tech for good or renewable energy. This is right at the moment. It's it's the, the real pull at the moment that people want to give back and work in a sector like that. And not everybody's background will lend itself to to working in that sector but the but also it's like if you understand that that's why people are moving because they'd like to work there it's almost um you know the, the why that i mentioned in the the the, the, the talk previously it's them the trick it's always trying to find that trigger that made somebody apply or get in touch and write right it's not it can't just purely be like say that one i'd like to work in renewable energy but everything else about my current job is great there must be something else that's wrong that's made you have that thought. Um, 
which is what we'll try and establish through through a conversation, um, understanding what is yeah really going on, whether it's you've been overlooked for a promotion, whether it's um, there's a, a technology that your business don't want to adopt that you want to use in your in your career. It's it could be that there's too many people ahead of you in line for um, opportunities. It could be that the business isn't performing and you're worried about the security, the industry you're in, so many variables. But if we can understand and at least you know understand together what the key thing is, um, I'm a, um, like a belligerent note taker. I will always write stuff down. And even at the towards the end of a search, if somebody isn't, if they've strayed from what we originally said, I don't mind taking like a, a, a picture of it and sending it to them and going, this is what I wrote down when we first spoke. Are you sure that's going to tick this box for you? Um, right. It's like a psychiatrist. Oh, maybe. Or an accountability yeah, yeah. coach. I'm completely unqualified. That, that makes sense. I, I One more kind of big question. We have a whole list. But um, for people listening, like what if someone's new to Django or wants to move into Django, what what should they do? Right. How do they get on your radar or a company's radar? Like what's your current advice for? Right. Here's the things you should prioritize. Yeah. Um, I think location is really important, and look, the world is, is has got a lot bigger and more available to to more people. But I think if you're learn, if you're in a position where you're trying to learn, to be able to get together with people in person, and you know, yes, we can use like virtual whiteboards and things. But if you can actually sit and draw something out, I think it's really important. So try and maybe target companies where you're you're nearby. Um, or have got teams in locations nearer to you. Um, remote jobs, we are. Everyone is working on how efficient we can be, but I don't think it's completely perfect for a junior. Um, I think again, identifying this, the technologies that you want to work with, and looking for a company where, if you've got, if you're a career changer, so if you've got a career in another sector and you've developed lots of skills that could almost be traded. If you're, you know, maybe been an accountant, you've become a, a software developer and that's where you want to go, try and maybe find a, a company who build accountancy software and trade a little bit of your industry sector knowledge with the, the opportunity to learn and develop um, your career as an engineer. Um, another tip would be to not every, it's, it's not that easy always to identify companies who work with Django. Um, I know there's a, a page where there's a list of all, you know, people recommend sites that have been built with Django and they're all listed, but that can take some time to go through and look for jobs on. Um, I always direct people to the Python job board on python.org. Um, I used to send people towards like Django gigs and those sorts, those sites, um, but there's not very much traffic on them anymore direct them to the job pages on current and previous conferences um, and looking at the sponsor pages as well because people are you know, they're either trying to sell their product because it's relevant to the Django sector or any sector, um, same advice, um, or to go to um, yeah, the companies who spent money sponsoring and say, look, I'll send, send an email to HR director or HR person or the technical director and say, I've seen you're involved in this conference, this meetup, this event. This is my career. This is what I'm trying to achieve. Um, 
can you know would there be any opportunities for me to join your team and not everyone's hiring it's difficult at the moment but those are some good places to go and to start a further piece of advice would probably be to attend a, a meetup in as in your location rather than waiting for a conference um you know we're very lucky in in london that we've got the london python dojo which is always probably the first port of call where i thought i suggest people go to because it's live coding experience as well um we've got the london python meetup we've got the london django meetup and then i'll run a django social in london as well so there's opportunities there just to get in and around people and talk to people doing the job you want to do well, yeah my my experiences of going to community events is you always meet people and then it's you know meet them a couple of times later and all of a sudden it's like oh you're hiring are you oh that's interesting yeah and you know opportunities just sort of come up in that way organically. yeah and uh, yeah somebody that you've you've connect on linkedin and it's not everyone's favorite tool but if you connect on there people will share when their company's hiring because it's exciting or uh, yeah. it's if they're growing they'll share it if you, you will see where to go and it's well they'll share it because hr said share it yeah like and share <laughs> this post yeah yeah, sometimes you get a you know you get a cut of bringing in like in the in Silicon Valley it used to be that you would get I don't know a decent percentage if if a friend joined so you would find yeah. these you know these groups right groups of five or ten engineers and the the leader would go and then they'd bring all their friends and they would get a cut of it and then after three years they go to the next place and yeah you know <laughs> um, what what about um, personal sites blogging is that important or is that overrated do you think I think it's really I think in in terms of having your your, your CV, I think the, the the personal statement at the top is important because it you can address anything in there ahead of a cover letter. I'd say that part is more important because you can say this is me, this is what I'm doing, this is the stage of my career I'm at, and this is what I'm trying to achieve. Um, and in that, you could say I'm looking to change industry, I'm looking to work in this sector, and then as long as then that is truly what you're trying to move for, and it's yeah, that, that's a really powerful thing to have at the top. Address an elephant in the room if you've had a year out in in the past because of a, a thing. Address it in there, and then it's 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 done. Um, I think you listing your personal personal projects, so even linking GitHub or Stack Overflow or anywhere you you keep your projects, whether it's on your personal site. Again, really important because people will click through and look at those probably more so than reading what your your first job out of university was. Um, yeah yeah what you got for your GCSEs 50 years ago yeah I had a a, an example I sent a a profile over to a a client when we were working with them and and in the email that I sent it I linked to their GitHub they came straight back yeah this person looks great please can you set up an interview we set up the interview five minutes before it started I had a, a, a panicked call because the CV that I sent was blank um and all they'd done was look at the, the, the GitHub. So they realized actually they had nothing to talk to them about other than their projects. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's, that's confidence, right? You pull that off, right? It's like... Oh, yeah, just just quickly moonwalk out a bit. We'll set, yeah, we'll send that across to you. But at least, at least you know, we know you like them and why. Um, so then it meant, it meant for us, it's, if somebody had a GitHub profile, we would just we could send, send them over. We know that's what they'll look at first. Um, People have always like so. GitHub has been very influential for me. You know, I started contributing, and then it, you know, it really changed the the hiring dynamic. I always said, but then the counterpoint that you get this line where people say, "But GitHub's not your your CV," 
Yeah. Um, your GitHub profile isn't your, your CV. There's more to life than that. I mean, what's your sort of take on the balance there between? If someone's going to be that pedantic, I don't. Do you want to work with them? It's, it, but I, I think I think there's. Um, if you're trying to impress somebody to get a job, put everything that you're good at and you're proud of available. You can't always share work projects because of a, um, commercial agreements, which is fair. But share as much as you can. If you go to a, if you go to meet, if you go to meetups, or if you go, you're involved in. Uh, conferences or you contribute to anything list it on your cv because that just it just it will differentiate you from um the the average developer who's maybe doing it as a career as to somebody who's actually passionate about helping and growing and giving back and everything there um list it It, it's what again after so you'll, you'll probably see like on a cv it's opening statement if there's a skills matrix people will look at that just interestingly what technology people use last job mostly last job title and any skills associated and then i tend to skip to the bottom to see if there's anything interesting on someone's cv that i can talk to them about there isn't the job build a bit of rapport and then um you can then talk about jobs a little bit more freely and again if you're interviewing somebody try and i'll say look try and find them on um if you're being interviewed try to find the interviewer online whether they've got a twitter account or a socials anywhere see what they're interested in see if you can build a, a personal connection before you get too deep into why you're that's moving around moves, that is that's good find out who the interviewer is and stalking them that's that's very advanced i think that's quite clever it's proving interest right i mean it's like i always think if if there's if someone just has a cv it's like i can ask you generic questions but if somebody has like if somebody wants to work in django and they have a couple of projects on github like let's just jump to talking about that because that's more what a real work like you kind of skip the first stage it's a real work like environment and at least i find that people people are insecure about what they know and they they feel bad about not knowing something when really the question is how how self-aware are they of their knowledge and how quickly can they learn because obviously someone more senior can tell and the question is not like i'm not trying to make you feel bad i want to see why'd you make these decisions and how how self-aware are you of your knowledge right that's for me anyways the test right like oh i see you use this package just tell me why you know it's not a um anyways that that kind of conversation is way more interesting than let's whiteboard some stuff or let's yeah but that's that's why i don't necessarily agree with having um scripted one or you know one process interview questions um i i think that you know if you're that that might work for a a, a, a you know a global giant and they've got they they've got a certain way of recruiting, but I think there's there's such a human element at the moment, and there is a a, a bit of a, a battle for t- good talent and lots of comp- com- competition. Half the job of the interviewer should be to leave the person you've spoken to wanting to work for your company, whether you proceed with them or not, um, because in the future they will they will you know tell their friends about um, the experience they had, and even though it wasn't necessarily the outcome they wanted they go i really enjoyed this conversation with this company they've taken a lot of interest and i'd love to work there in the future um you should apply um can i tell a horror story related to that so my experience especially at startups often it's like the most junior people are the ones who do the first cut and the idea is well they're closer in age and um and they have basically no training on how to do it right like i remember i and some others would give them some questions but you're asking a 25 year old to 
or a 24 year old to interview like a 21, 22 year old. Um, and they just don't have, we don't have the training to give to them. They don't often do a good job. They're not, sometimes they're thinking, I want to be hard on this person just because someone was hard on me when I was interviewing. Um, but in one of these interviews, we had someone who got to, got to the second or third stage. So they met with me. And so that's more of a culture fit. And we like flew this person up from LA to San Francisco, right? So we put some coin on the table, took them out to eat. And for whatever reason, my company card was declined. Um, so I just paid my personal card. Like, and this person just wrote, went on Glassdoor um, and wrote like a really like just negative review, which was interesting because now they're being negative and also like highlighting the card. And I, I was, you know, it was sort of like a code red because like, oh, there's only one Glassdoor review for us. And it's this like horrible thing. Someone being like, they don't have any money and they did a bad job. They can't pay for which, dinner, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't pay for dinner. But it was also like, I just couldn't understand why that person would want to put that out there because if I'm reading that about that person, that that just sounds like a pill. Um, but anyways, that's that's one of those. You know, I guess that's a long way of saying uh, often people in in companies don't have any training, and the people who make that impression are just you know they're just kids, and they don't you know it's not impressed upon them. Hey, you're supposed to be giving a good impression out there for us in the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, so so as a follow up for you as a recruiter, how do you how do you avoid not focusing on like the most senior executive people because that's kind of I'd imagine where the money is, and that's where as you build up a reputation, um, in some ways maybe it's easier to place those people. Like, or what's the mix for you, right? How do you avoid that? Like, how do you still find time to place like an individual developer when perhaps a more senior person is worth I don't know I don't know what the numbers are, you know, but it's worth yeah. more more coin. I think. <laughs> It, it, that's the obvious thing probably is like right what's worth worth the most to us because we the way that we operate is we um we'll work on a percentage fee of the salary that is that is offered um and we're paid that from the, the client um so yeah it make commercially probably makes more sense to to work with more senior management and and people but i find there's less turnover of those sorts of people um mm. i enjoy the, the 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 sort of the sweet spot and the thing that we really uh openly say that we're we're good at is from that like second job up to principal lead engineer is where we can really sort of i suppose ha add the most value to a job search for somebody because it's the, the the companies we work with are either constantly on the lookout for mid to senior level developers because they want to get them at a point where they've got knowledge and passion and interest and then they can help them to to progress internally and therefore if you bring progressing from mid into senior into leadership roles you're probably more likely to stay i don't quite know the the, the psychology behind that but it's it's very much that's where there's more like more volume more opportunities um i think that's probably where it is i mean i've probably placed one cto engineering director level person in the last two years it's it's just not necessarily happened, and we we help we get a lot more from the the lower yeah you know, the earlier career people. Do people hire juniors? Do do people? Do, yeah, the people hire juniors because like you know I see so many people saying it's hard to get that first. It is, that it, first is gig. it is hard, and we we probably are away from sort of specifically working that partly because I don't feel we can justify charging a fee for somebody who with no experience. Um, when all we've done is identify potential and help. So um, 
I th- it's people do hire juniors, whether it's dictated to by budget, whether it's dictated to by um, uh, a need to attract talent and hold on to it. So again, finding people who want that opportunity where they'll prove loyal and stay for a while. It whether it's just you've got the size and the capability of some senior engineers who want to mentor juniors. That mentoring, and, yeah. And that's probably the big thing. Like um I generally for for a junior suggest looking for um not necessarily grad schemes but trying to go and like I said before about approaching companies who hire at the higher level and asking the question, say, look, I like your company because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Are you hiring? Don't just send a CV and hope because you'll just end up never hearing back. Um, it's about targeting it. Um, there are some places um, in particular in the UK. I know um, Torchbox do a really good um, junior academy and take sort of three, four people per year from with no experience whether it's graduate career changer um and take them into their academy and train them through their business but there's it's trying to identify more of those um like where people go after that first stage but i'm sure there's a way to do it um and i'm sure companies who hire juniors will um yeah if there's somewhere to, to put your hand up because again it's trying to find good juniors um yeah i mean again that would be for the where the going to the meetups helps because if your company look at who is willing to hand to hire juniors if a junior turns up to a meeting you know you're like oh well there's a prospective candidate well that's also why if you can contributing to django i mean speaking of you know torchbox like sage right i mean he was a google summer of code and he's yeah. a superstar but you know i guess technically that was his first job but he'd already contributed to django so you yeah. kind of you, you know it's possible to leapfrog that step, though. I guess he got mentoring, yes. you know, from you, Carlton, and others. But um, you know, having yeah, so having something on, that's open went, source, or, yeah. He's gone on to um, be paid to work on Wagtail now. So he did the Google Summer of Code, added the um, cross DB JSON field. Yeah, as a yeah, as a university student, and then he's finished. And he's he's now working on Wagtail as yeah. a, on a paid basis. Yeah. Which he is, was he um he came to our first um, Django social in Bristol um that we held just for christmas um, yeah i mean he's not yeah, you know i wouldn't guy. say he's he's normal so i, I don't but it, it's possible i mean i know in the u.s cactus group uh which is an agency yeah. in north carolina they also do some mentoring i've talked with them it's just yeah it's challenging for companies to uh to make it work and at least as a company the reason why everyone wants two to five years experience is they already know something but they're malleable and they're cheap and that's kind of the that's the company perspective that I'm familiar with. If you're there for the long haul, like Cactus or like Torchbox, you know, being there and really established, if you can, if you can set up a kind of academy type thing, you know, it works for Manchester United or Chelsea, right? They bring on the the, the, the juniors. Why can't it work for a development company? Because mid-level role, good mid-level developers, they're rarer than who knows what. But you also need, you need staff who want to do that. I mean, that's, yes. um, so Dimitri, a Cactus Group, for example, he's, he was a he was a teacher, a math teacher um, who got into programming. So he enjoys that. So it's, it's a retention thing for staff too. But not right. Not every company has developers who want to do that. Um, but if you do, then it makes a lot of sense. But anyways, let, let's talk about um, Django Social. So we'll link to the site. Um, people should check it out. Like, what's what's what? 
Yeah. Oh no! It's, please no. I mean, go look at Simon Willison's layout, right? I mean, the more the more badass you are, the worse your site should look, and your site yeah. looks way better than Simon's, right? So. Yeah, please, please don't judge the actual site. Um, it, well, yeah, interesting. So this is a really good segue because this site was built by a, um, a junior developer who contacted me in about June, July last year. Just finished his GCSEs in the UK, so he's 16 years old, had the summer off and wanted to get some advice about picking up a project to um, to put on his CV because he wants to be a Python developer when he's when he grows, well, not when he grows up, but when he when he leaves education. Um, and it just came about that I was trying to get a site together for Django Social and just said, look, if you'd like a bit of summer work and someone to put on a CV, here we go. Um, and yeah, he's now, he started his A-levels and I'm sure in two years time, there's going to be a really keen Python developer deciding whether to go to university or to go hands-on into, um, into career. Um, but yeah, so Django Social, um, yeah, with, um, uh, I suppose a, a simple to run meetup, which can be picked up by anybody anywhere in any city and started. I spent years involved with another meetup in London called Juggle, which was the Django user group London, um, DJ UGL, um, started by some of the original global radio people trying to get people together in London. And over time I was regularly attending it and had had helped out with a bit of sponsorship, paying for the beers and the pizzas. And then there was a venue let, let the group down at the last minute. So I fortunately in my job is I was going around a lot of offices meeting people who use Django and it's like, actually I know somewhere that could host, let me call them, see if we can work something out. Um, so then I was, they were like, this works really well. I found a couple more venues. Um, so I was effectively helping with the, the sponsorship, the venue organizing. And then again, I was speaking to Django developers all day, every day. When there was a slot for a speaker needed, I already had a, like a little, list of people who are working on interesting projects so suddenly it was like i was doing every aspect of it but it became so much admin to find a venue to find some speakers that can all make the same day um set it up get there early put out chairs that it they became less and less frequent um and um i when i when i decided after I started working for myself, I thought I really want to get some community things happening in London again, but I don't want all that admin because life is busy. Start working a startup is busy. I just want to pick a day and something to do and bring people together. So Django Social, we have done. We've walked around the park. We've had sat in the park and had a picnic. These are summer ones, not right now. It'd be horrible. Um, we we did a board games night. We did a really successful co-working day. Just brought 10 12 people who work usually on their own together for the day and the idea is that it's just bringing people together with a common interest that's django and doing something together as opposed to learning always what would be i don't know if you're familiar but um paolo has talked about having uh biannual sprints so like the sprint part of django cons but just in places um and it's and just to which other frameworks have done and to do together for a weekend um 
yeah, I just, it would be, it sounds like kind of what you're doing, but it's, um, you know, those are exciting because those are like very targeted and, um, yeah, one of the, one of the highlights for me of, of Django con this year was I actually stayed for the sprints for the first time at Carlton's recommendation and, and they're, they're fantastic. They're in yeah. some ways, um, so it's like, why do we need to have a conference to have the sprints? Um, so it'd be some, I guess, somewhere in between yeah, a saw, pure, so, pure social. And it, it, it seems a great idea. It's just trying to, obviously, if you're get, getting together for a weekend, there's there's obviously the, the middle night that there isn't, people might want to put their laptops away for an hour or two and do something sociable. And yeah, that's that's where like, I don't, I, I'm not clinging on to Django Social and saying everything has to go through me. If somebody wants to run one, then fine, go for it. It's It, it should be just, yeah, it's for the community now. I'd much rather just pass it on. Um, Did you put down a sort of breakdown of what is involved in organising an event, like a sort of checklist? Um, I can do. I, I, I mean, it's it's one of those. It's 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 that low admin cart, and I've done nothing for it. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, good, but because one one of the thought when you said you were describing before is like this classic scenario of this one person takes on a, a job, and then they take on another job, and then they take on another job, and none of these jobs are identified. And because yeah. because they're not identified, that work is a hidden. This is one of the sort yeah. of long temp the the, the big um, recurring themes of open source. But also, it's re- really hard to get people to come and replace it because you can't say, "Hey, I need a volunteer to do X or to do Y." And so, you know, one of the really important things that you know this comes out of Nadia Eggball's work and related work around that. But it is to first of all identify the work and then say, well thanks, you know, say thanks to all those people because then that creates the job that you do list and the call for volunteers and it becomes a sort of um virtuous circle. I just wondered if like from your experience of sort of being that that one person deep in the hole organizing it and sl- and sort of right, slowly running out of puff. You, you wouldn't well, that'd be, be a good blog blog post or something that people can refer to because yeah. I think right it's all obvious to you, but it wouldn't be for a first time person but it, in the it, same way that it was something Sorry. that Kojo mentioned in his keynote at DjangoCon was about people, you know, if you go into an event, thank the people who've organized it because they've given up time to do all yeah. this, that. Um, it, it's the un, an unsung like hero role, really. And I'm not saying that because I do it, but it's, um, it's, yeah, I think there's actually more, it, but in theory, there's far less to running a Django social. It can, like, weather permitting, it's as simple as going, let's just meet here. We'll go for a walk for an hour. And if anybody knows a pub afterwards we could go to, let's just go there. Um, or, or other, you know, for a coffee or whatever. It's It doesn't need a lot of thought. Um, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. But yeah, just that that sort of checklist of these are the things to consider. I think that's a, a you know, valuable built, resource. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a list of some of the ideas that we've we've got of things that would work and people are you know every time it's like what else would you like to do what what could we do it's different what's what's a, a good event and yeah whether it's a sprint you know a tech sprint or doing all there's there's so many different options um it's just like what do you do at a weekend like um you know can we go to a, a mini golf or can we go and do a um take the pedalos out on the lake at the uh, Hyde Park and yeah it could be anything it doesn't have to be very it's not tech centric it's just people so you so you you said you said golf we have to mention both you and I play which is unusual and mini golf reminds me that when I met I never played really mini golf growing up I played actual golf and when I met my my wife one of our first dates we went to play mini golf and I said oh great like that sounds fun so I brought my own putter and my own ball (laughs) 
And she just still to this day made fun of me. I was like, but it, it matters, right? You know, like I'm not going to use a terrible putter. Like the balls are, the balls are crap. Like, right. I mean, it makes so much sense to me. Why would I use deliberately awful equipment to do that? Um, yeah. But if anyone listening, you know, I got now I just use the terrible balls and the terrible yeah. balls, balls and well, but come on. Right. Like did if you, someone was like, hey, let's, did you win? <laughs> she still hasn't beaten me, you know, so yeah. she's she's good. Um, but, you know, so I, I'll usually like not pay attention. And then she'll, she's always like keeping score. And then if she yeah. beats me on the on the front nine, I'm like, OK, I got to focus. And I mean, I, I want her to win. Actually, it's not that I want to yeah. beat her, but I'm not going to let her win. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like my like my little brother, like he also plays and our dad, when we were growing up, said um, offered him $50 if he ever beat me. And uh, that still hasn't happened. So it's again, same thing. Like I'll be screwing around. My brother will play well and I'll be like, oh, right. I got to focus. And then, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes, I would be in favor of mini golf and I won't bring my own putter. But inside, I'll silently be upset if I miss a putt. And I'm like, I would have made that with my right, my correct gear. Right. Like yeah. you wouldn't go. You wouldn't go. If you're a Mac developer, someone wouldn't be like, let's go do some Django work and let's bring a Linux machine or a Windows. Like, it doesn't make sense. Let's just go and see what kit they've got. Like, 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 what are yeah. we doing here, right? Like, yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, I'm in favor of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, now that, now that I'm, now that I'm not on the Django board, I mean, one of the things that would be, I can speculate and um, one of the things that'd be nice to do is, you know, just have funding for this weekend, right? So we could say like, hey, like, here's a half dozen people that, in the in the Europe and Django will pay your plane tickets and rooms and you're gonna do a sprint, right? And it's not directly paid for, that would be but anyways, I'm um Carlton, can we can we discuss your you've made it public, your your situation yeah. with Django? Yeah. So I'm gonna step down um from fellowing this spring. Um I've been there five years, January two thousand eighteen I started. It's now twenty twenty three. So it's you know, I I love Django deeply. I'm not going anywhere, but it's time for me to um, to do something else um it's um it's been a massive honor um but you know time to time to, to yeah, just change really um last few releases there's been an awful lot that's come together um uh, you know with async with um the forms changes with database constraints it's just the list goes on and on and on and there's lots now where it's it's like there just aren't the patterns that are, are known like there's lots of new stuff that needs to be played with and those patterns need to be codified and you know i want to play with them and i want to i want to codify them um and i can't do that whilst i'm you know um managing the fire hose of incoming tickets you know on a weekly basis so it's time for me to step back so hopefully there'll be they'll, the, the call should go out sometime soonish for a new fellow um i've have said you know i've been banging the drum for since 2018 about how unlike the community the contributors to Django core the, the co-contributors to Django Django are mostly men almost all entirely men so if you are listening to this and you're a woman in the Django community and you want to ch just chat about you know what the fellow role might involve then reach out to me and I'm really happy to put some time aside and just you know talk you through it it's not that doesn't mean you have to apply it doesn't mean anything but if you think oh yeah I could be the fellow do reach out so um well, Carlton can we mention that I mean there's to to stereotype there's a difference sometimes in like how men and women approach these roles right where men are like i'm a good fit and women are like i'm not i don't think i'm a good fit but right like some of the emails you got immediately yeah, yeah no i mean yeah um i think blokes just have no idea if they're 
like any self-awareness of limitations or anything at all they're just idiots basically and but yeah i'll do well, that's that. that that's that that's um, that phrase carlton right like lord give me the confidence of a mediocre white man yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so you know if you're listening here, oh no it's not for me no, no no do reach out like there's no reason and so one thing i also said to the um fellowship committee was that if if needed i was happy to transition away to to do some mentoring so you know, I'm, that's a, a genuine offer that I made, but I'm not going to, that, that's not, I'm not making that just for anybody. I'm making that for the right candidate who's needs a bit of help. And if, if that happens, then I'll, you know, I'll phase out over a, a, a period of time, but I would really like it if it wasn't just, you know, if, if we get another white bloke, we get another white bloke, but uh, I would really like it if we at least had can, uh, applications that didn't fit into that category. Um, so I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but, um, you know, Django itself is a lot more diverse than the co-contributors to Django, to the Django repo. So why is that? Well, that, that'll come out on probably the Django project blog. Um, you can follow the Django news newsletter if you want to just get a weekly dose of stuff. Um, I have one, I guess I have one more question for you, John, which is how do you think about working in-house versus doing your own thing. I mean, obviously you chose to do your own thing, but that's also a pattern where somebody, you know, a company's like, we're growing like crazy. We need Django developers. We've already worked with a freelancer, like come in-house. Like, how do you evaluate the pros and cons of that? Um, I suppose I, it, it never even crossed my mind to do that as a, as a job for me, for, for me. I love what I do with the variety of, people that we work with the variety of companies that we can support um i mean i've got i've got personal goals that i want to achieve in using foxley and our work to to do that and those are some of those are changing and i think you know i don't think i could give back to the community for me the person the thing that's makes me tick is to give back to the community that has given me a career um and these opportunities it's it's so important to do that without Django. I'd never have, I'd never end up doing what I do. Um, and I don't, I couldn't do that by working internally. Um, but I think it's, a, I think it's, I think it's a really good, it's a really good career move if it suits your lifestyle. And I think going back to one of the earlier questions about the, the career trajectory of a recruiter, some, not everyone wants to be working 12 hour days, taking phone calls in the evening. Um, I'm not saying that internal talent teams don't do that, but it's um, it, 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 it's going to be the right job for the right person. Um, you know, why does a, why why do people work on freelance or why do they work as a an in-house developer? What yeah, you know, it's the same. It's, you've got to feel that you line with that mission completely. I like, I feel my values align. I suppose in the business I'm building in the in the mold that I want having worked in other businesses before I can do something different I can do something that I feel feel good about um and yeah the the, the mission we've got is to give back to Django to create or, or to say thanks and that sort of thing so I couldn't do that without running my own business now that thought that you expressed there of um the, the um, of the framework of Django giving you a career that's exactly why I took on the fellow role um you know 2018 it's like you know literally gave it's given me a whole career and to be able to give back to it is just phenomenal i know foxley I think, I, I, I think back to the the conversation yeah the the very first thing if if i'd said to the 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 guys at norwich union no i don't know what django is i'm not interested in finding out 
where I'd be. I, yeah, right, sliding it, door moment. <laughs> it is, yeah, really, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, it's it's just created everything that. Is I know. I know, um, Fox. You've said Foxy Talent will give um, a percentage of profits back to the DSF each year. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Um, yeah, I suppose again, it's a little bit. My thinking in the learning more about the Django Foundation Software Foundation over the years about individual contributors, um, people like yourself who, who are working as a Django fellow. It's you, people are giving their time. They're they're contributing financially, whether they're attending meet up, uh, conferences, speaking, sharing, learning, um, lots there's hun- yeah, hundreds of contributors, 230 odd actual individual members, and I don't know what 20, 30 companies who sponsor it. Um, maybe that's generous. I don't know. Um, but every what I come across is people, individuals who we work with and help get jobs contribute to the Django Software Foundation, whether it be time, skill, money. Um, in theory, companies who use Django contribute back by either working on projects, giving up their developers' time, financially contributing. And our job and my business links developers to companies all using Django. Why shouldn't we do something? And I can give back by time by getting involved in the, the the social and attending conferences and being around to talk to people experience skill i don't i don't i can't but i can contribute financially um so that's that's important to me okay cool and good i mean you know five, i think five percent is yeah it's i i am building a, uh, my own business i think it's a good amount to give back and we i've got a, a little personal goal that looking at the tiers on the um, on the oh, yeah, sponsorship yeah, levels, to build up. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm nice. the inner there. Is I would like to be okay. We're the first recruitment company on there, but I would like to be the one of the the top P companies. Um, like just the inner competitor wants me to. Yeah, I no, want to do that. If you badge. don't keep score, there's no excitement, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and equally, I, I, this year I'm looking at different ways that I can. I, I, I'll do something on top. Um, in that we're looking at growing the business in order for the business to grow we need people to want to work with us or come to us for help with their job search or to find them good talent and again if i'm I'm trying to work out like an affiliates not an affiliate scheme but a very basic if somebody refers somebody to us and we can make help them in their job i will give another donation on top of the five percent um just as a rather than saying like here's 50 pound amazon voucher or here's whatever I'd rather go I'm putting this in the pot that we all benefit from yeah um, no, but I think that's a great that. Like that. and that's not a sales pitch it's just I, I, I'm passionate about it and I can't help myself in terms of free advertising one thing you know on your Foxley Talent site if you have some blog posts on like you know tips for getting hired or this that and the other thing I'm happy to feature them in the Django News newsletter which does reach some people right in yeah. terms of like open sourcing the process yeah. but so i guess one last final final question world domination so when when is the u.s office open for foxley are you are you you're still very uk europe focused is that fair to say we are uh, i suppose in what we do we can work anywhere at any time um i operate the way that i run the business is we don't have any like core hours we don't really have any restrictions about 
our you know, corporate ruling because I'm very casual and that's the sort of person I want to work with. Um, I, we've specifically this year are looking to work more within the US um, with companies out there. Um, we're getting approached by people looking for work and it's just finding those companies who are looking to hire to, to match up um, at the moment without having to do all the redacted information, CV sending and sales calls. Um, but yeah, we're sort of looking at the Pi, PyCon in April as a um, event to attend, looking at the careers fair there to, to, to get in and actually be able to just, you know, maybe present jobs to people at a stand or just give career advice or just be there and create a bit of a presence backed up with Django Con in October um, and getting out more and more. Um, I know we mentioned about taking our golf clubs to that one, Will, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's using events like that as the platform to reach more people and to do that. So yeah, the US is very much on our um, remit and pipeline for this year. Just need people to, more people to help um, and people who want help, you know, want to hire. That's it. Um, There's chicken and the egg. Um, well, I would say as a bystander, Foxley, I didn't know about you, but Foxley talent has certainly kind of come out of nowhere and now is like the, you know, not just the only, but like the default one, right? Both just that you're focused on this space and all the, you know, Adam Johnson, everyone down who in the in EU knows you. Um, and so, uh, your trajectory has been fantastic. And it's also validating to see that there's a space for a dedicated Django recruiter. I mean, I often feel like with, you know, with books and content, like, why aren't there more Django books? You know, sometimes I'm like, maybe the space isn't big enough or someone hasn't done a, a good enough job. It feels like certainly on the recruiting side, there are enough jobs. It's just um, nobody's put them out self out there as the Django, sh you know, recruiting shop. Yeah. And that, you know, I think it's mentioned about putting blogs on the website and having the website redone at the moment being built with Django because um, it just didn't feel right to do anything else. Um, and it's, it's completely unnecessarily as well, because it's a pretty static page and there's not a lot of um, flashiness to it. But um, yeah, with that, it's, it's trying to, I suppose, cover a bit more of the, the word about what we're doing. Um, I think if, if I don't shout about it, then, I don't, you know, I can't rely on Adam um, always just putting a good word in for us, but which, which he's done, like he's been such a great advocate for us um, and attended all of the the meetups, uh, the Django socials when we when he was in London still um, last summer. It's yeah, it's been great to have good people and yeah, you know, going to Django Con last in September in Porto, attending there and just having people to, that we knew from various events and having been to the Denmark uh, day conference in, in April, seeing the same people at both. It's just, that's what, that, that, that's what I love about the community. It's, it's the same, not the same people, but it's a really good core group of people who really care and just want to share what they know and how, um, how, and, and improve the world we're all in, in, in the Django sector or world. I would just put one final plug. If you know, there's DjangoCon Europe in Edinburgh in is it May, and then DjangoCon US um, in North Carolina, probably near Raleigh. That's to be finalized in October. If you don't have the funds to attend, there often are. You can email the organizers, and there are opportunity grants and um, sometimes ways to get the funding to attend. So don't be put off by the cost because it is expensive, especially if companies not paying for you. Okay. Anything else? I think we're 
near on time. Is there anything, Carlton, for you or any plugs, John? No, no. Well, yeah, John, have you got anything that we didn't cover that you want to shout out and... No, I'm not. I'm not going to plug anything else. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I think. I think there's 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 the line, isn't there? The sales guy, the recruiter, just coming in yeah, and yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I've uh, got this one opportunity. Can't tell you the pay range. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. There's there's a, a company. I'm not going to tell you who they're called or what they pay. Um, but they're hiring. So if you want a job, let me know. No. <laughs> um, but no. If, generally, I suppose if anybody wants advice either about building a team, hiring for the first time, creating a um, a good job spec or from the other side wants some you know is starting a job search and wants some advice and some options i can i'm happy to talk about it there's no obligation to work with us it's just i can give good advice and hopefully we've got some opportunities that will appeal if you you are a job seeker okay. that's fair enough all right well thanks for coming on john yes thank you we'll have links to everything in the show notes and djangochat.com uh we're on Mast- we're on uh, Fostodon now. Yeah, yeah. I signed I think. up just before Christmas. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next time. Thanks <laughs> again. Right. Right. Yeah, thanks that... very much for your time, chaps. Yeah. No, thank you for coming. Really good one. Right. That was a good ending. Right. Bye bye.